0: We're rolling. We're not rolling. Yes, we are. Hey, welcome to Mega Strange, everybody. Guess who's back? Johnny, back from the dead. I gotta put my cool glasses on. Wiping my face off because we just got food. But, you know, we're all fueled up now and ready for today's episode. Johnny, have you you played The Last of Us?
1: Uh, I played the first one, never played the second one. Ooh, uh,
0: we're going to talk about that oh. later. Leave a comment in the chat if you uh, are angry that he never played The Last of Us Part 2. Why didn't you play the second one? Uh, when it came out,
1: like everyone was just so angry about it and annoying that I told myself I'll never play it.
0: Johnny just called you annoying. Leave a comment uh, down below if you're, if you're mad at him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't leave any comments, actually. Uh, if you have a problem, yeah, zero comments. Yeah. No comments, please. Uh, only p- positive comments only. Did you watch the last of us TV show? Yes. what did you think of that? Uh,
1: I thought it was pretty good. I think it started decent. Uh, you know, in the middle, it gets a little, uh, whatever. Uh, you know, I would give it like a, like a
0: 90%, 90% on Johnny tomatoes, Johnny tomatoes. Well, shouts out today. Uh, today's episode is about the last of us. Happening in real life. Dude, I'm glad you're, you're doing this because I've genuinely... I saw
1: a TikTok about this the other day and I like my heart sank.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm going to warn everybody. This is, in my opinion, the most horrifying topic <laughs> yeah. I've ever researched with Mega Strange. Oh, God. Literally, I was in bed doing research on my phone about this and I like wanted to pull the covers up over my face. I got so scared. Uh, what, what What was being described to me yeah. was
1: uh horrifying yeah the thing i saw uh the news uh piece i saw the person kept saying this isn't another covid19 just be warned it's not yeah you could be it's okay and then but then they followed up with the most
0: horrific shit i've ever heard it's way worse than uh than the pandemic we have previously experienced yeah today we're going to talk about a fungus A mushroom uh, taking over the world and wiping out humanity. Uh, This is the plot to The Last of Us. And so we're going to go through The Last of Us. We're going to go through the development of The Last of Us. How did they come up with this idea? And then we're going to talk about uh, the real world situation that is mirroring the plot of this science fiction horror film. I thought you were going to say there's a fungus among us before. A fungus among us. <laughs> very sus. Uh, Well, let's get it started let's by talking about the development of The Last of Us, the very first game. So obviously, uh, well, not obviously, you may or may not know this, but The Last of Us was written and created by a guy named Neil Druckmann.
1: Classic Neil Druckmann.
0: Classic Neil Druckmann. Who had worked on uh, Uncharted
1: previous, prior?
0: Yeah, he worked for Naughty Dog and yeah. had, had worked on a couple of projects, uh, but Neil Druckmann was the creative director, um, and the other person who the other parents of this baby known as The Last of Us was the game's uh, director, not creative director, but actual director, game director, a guy by the name of Bruce Straley. Okay. So we're going to talk about uh, Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley and what they contributed to the creation of The Last of Us, the video game. Uh, and then what later went on to become the HBO hit TV show. Yeah. Also by the name of the last of us. Uh, did you know that Druckmann came up with the idea for the last of us way back in 2004? Okay. Um, I guess we're uh, roughly the same age because I graduated high school in 2003 and started college in 2004. Wow. Uh, Neil Druckmann must've been a way better student than I was because he was at Carnegie Mellon university. Oh wow. In 2004. Um, and Druckman had a class where he was tasked with creating a video game concept to present to George A. Romero. Mm. You may remember George A. Romero from our episode a few weeks back, George A. Romero's Resident Evil. Of course, George A. Romero was the creator of Night of the Living Dead. And I guess after, uh, you know, the failed Resident Evil movie, he was just really into video games. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, he had to watch that VHS playthrough of He's Resident hooked. Evil. Yeah, he was like, hey, these video games, they're pretty good. Maybe I should make my own video game. George A. Romero uh, later went on to make uh, Madden 19. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is why that game was (laughs) so (laughs) horrific. Uh, No, Druckmann was going to present a video game idea to George Romero uh, with everybody else in the class, and then Romero would pick a winner. Uh, So Druckmann's idea for a video game originally was to merge the gameplay of Ico but set it during a zombie apocalypse, similar to Romero's Night of the Living wow. Dead. Um, can you already see how this is yeah. the seeds of uh, The Last of Us? This is the second time
1: Ico has literally changed someone's life. Uh, the guy who created uh, Dark Souls, he
0: played Ico and immediately quit his job. Have you ever played Ico? No, I've always wanted to. Uh, it's a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. I played Ico. I beat it. It's a short game. You can beat it in like eight, ou- eight hours, ten I- hours. I
1: think they remastered it for...
0: No, that's of the Colossus. I don't, I've always wanted to play it. Uh, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a simple game, and uh, you know it might not hold up by today's standards. Um, but you know, back in the back in two thousand and one, it was like groundbreaking. The lead character was going to be similar to the character of John Hardigan from the Sin City series, the Frank Miller comic book. Okay. So the lead character would be a police officer who would be tasked with protecting a young girl. However. Due to a heart condition, the players would often assume control of the young girl, reversing the roles of like, who's actually protecting who here? Uh, The idea did not win. I guess George Romero was like, that sucks.
1: (laughs) I mean, in that era of George Romero, I I don't think he was really. uh, I'm
0: working on something called land of the Dead. Yeah, he
1: didn't really have his finger on the pulse. (laughs) Yeah, maybe
0: you're right. George Romero uh, always wanted to do something with like social commentary. Yeah. So maybe he's like, where's the
1: social commentary? Which is crazy because I feel like Last of Us now has a lot of social commentary.
0: It's also interesting how you could create something for somebody as famous as George Romero. And they're like, yeah, I don't like it. But it still goes on to be a great, successful, groundbreaking idea. I would have
1: quit after that if George Romero told me my idea sucked. So shouts out to Neil Druckmann for
0: uh, continuing on. Well, you got to believe in yourself. Got to believe. Nobody's going to believe in you until you believe in yourself. (laughs) That's the lesson of today's episode of Mega Strange. Um, so after the idea didn't win, Druckmann pitched it as a six issue comic book called The Turning. So The Last of Us was almost a comic book. Uh, he completed a script for this comic book, uh, but again, was turned down by indie comic book publishers. So that's two people who told him the idea for The Last of Us sucked. Wow. George Romero and the comic book publishers. Imagine being the comic book publisher being like, we almost fucking had this. Yeah. We almost fucking had this HBO show. Uh.
1: Dude, I bet all the people around Neil Druckmann were like, "Dude, just give up. Come on, man. You got just come up with a different idea. You're you, you're you're a
0: smart guy." <laughs> yeah. So Druckmann went on to get a career, uh, a job with Naughty Dog and worked on, um, what's that game? What's that game? Uncharted. Uncharted yes. Uh, which basically was like Naughty Dog's only thing for a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, kinda. Yeah. They went, uh, you know, Crash Bandicoot in the beginning, and then Jack and Daxter was like their big thing, and then. After Jack and Daxter was yeah Uncharted was like they like rebranded. And...
0: Well, the thing with the with a Naughty Dog was they yeah. would only focus on one game at a time. Oh yeah. So when it came to the Last of Us, that was the first time ever that they actually split up into two teams yeah. and started developing two games at once, which would be Uncharted three and the Last of Us mm-hmm. at the same time. Neil Druckmann was put in charge of coming up with the story for the Last of Us, and he revisited this idea that he had pitched to George Romero, the turning. But listen to this. The early concept for the game was something titled Mankind. Shouts out to my favorite wrestler. Yeah. Um, in which the infection, why is it called Mankind? Because the infection only spreads to women. The story followed the journey of a man protecting the only immune woman to bring her to a lab to create a potential cure.
1: Sounds like someone watched a uh, children of men. <laughs>
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, definitely, yeah. <laughs> un- uncredited the yeah, influence yeah, yeah. of Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men, which it came out in 2006, is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, it's
1: fucking badass. I love that movie. If you haven't
0: seen Children of Men, go watch it. That
1: makes so much sense because uh, the beginning of Last of Us is a shot that's like fully in a car.
0: Just like, like Children of yeah, Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The concept was soon scrapped after uh, female Naughty Dog employees voiced their concerns and the game was deemed misogynistic. Hell yeah! They probably played this demo and they're like, "Huh? So I'm a guy, and uh, uh, I'm going around with a baseball bat, just bashing women in the face." <laughs> wait, uh, wait, the zombies were women. Uh, the the infection only affected women. <laughs> so men in the game were fine, but every woman you came across, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, yo! You're looking a little... Su- hold on, <laughs> hold on! Boom, boom! Yeah, we gotta we gotta kill her. We gotta kill all these." women around here
1: that's like when the trailer for re5 came out and it was like everyone was like oh these japanese
0: devs didn't realize it's just a white guy mowing down black people that's kind of uh bad they knew (laughs) they They knew. oh no i mean i don't know uh the game explores the concept of human infection caused by the cordyceps fungus okay have you ever heard of the cordyceps fungus uh i mean if you play the last of us yes uh, you probably get it is it it's the one that can control ants right Yeah, the cordyceps fungus primarily infects insects by taking control of their motor functions and forcing them to cultivate more of the fungus. Yeah. We'll explain more of this later as we go on in this episode. Uh, The cordyceps idea that the infected were actually being controlled by this mushroom was inspired by a segment that Druckmann had seen on the BBC Nature Show planet earth um though the fungus mainly affects insects taking control of their motor functions and forcing them to cultivate the game explores the concept of the fungus evolving and infecting humans which causes which has the direct result of uh, causing this outbreak of this infection so the game doesn't actually explain what caused the fungus to evolve in the video game that's never that's never explored um game director bruce straley said that this was uh, a purposeful choice by the development team so that they could focus on the characters as opposed to getting uh mixed up in the science of what this fungus is which is funny because the show then dives into it oh yeah Uh, they prefer to explain the events through subtext rather than explicitly explaining what caused the, uh, infection. I always
1: feel like that type of storytelling is really great in video games. I, I hate being like bashed over the head by story. Uh, I like like, oh, sorry to always bring up dark souls, but like when you like walk into a place in dark souls, like, Oh, what, what happened here? And you can kind of figure it out, but they never tell you like, Oh, this guy died here or anything.
0: Yeah, it it kind of uh, lends an air of realism to it. Because in real life, a lot of times you don't get an explanation. You're just kind of left to discover the aftermath and and, and piece together what happened. I love that. Um, Yeah, I think it's an interesting take, too. And obviously, it's a break away from how video games were designed up until that point. Um, The team wanted to use the concept of the infected to force players to explore the limits of human perseverance, which is the main theme of the game. And throughout the development, the team assured everyone that the infected were strictly different from zombies. He must have got really like pissed off by George Romero being like, eh, yeah, it's just fucking zombies, bro. You just stole my ideas. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's not zombies. People are sick of zombies. But yeah, as you said uh, earlier this year, the Last of Us TV show debuted on HBO and mm. they did explore what caused the fungus to evolve.
1: Yeah, I feel like in in, uh, a a TV show medium, you kind of have to dive into that stuff, where in video games, you could kind of just be vague.
0: Yeah, so in the TV show of The Last of Us, they did a really interesting take. They opened the show with a scene uh, that depicts like a 1960s style talk show, where a couple of viral epidemiologists, experts are discussing um, different viruses and global threats, essentially. And there is an expert on fungus on the Last of Us TV show who theorizes that cordyceps could evolve due to global warming. Okay. Um, and evolve to exist in higher temperatures. They go on to say that the reason that we don't have a fungal infection the same way that these insects do is that the fungus can't survive in our higher temperature bodies. Our bodies will naturally burn out the infection But if the planet's temperature continues to rise, it could force these fungus, these fungi, fungi, however you want to say it, uh, to be more resistant to the higher temperatures and therefore becoming more resilient to treatment um, and infect humans uh, now to their due, uh, due to their higher temperature tolerance. Kind of crazy. So how do cordyceps work? That's the question. That's what they explore on the BBC uh, show Planet Earth. Let me tell you. Okay. So a cordyceps, this is going to sound very scientific. Basically, the cordyceps invades the host uh, with spores. Spores would land on you. Mm -hmm. And eventually... The spores would start to spread and it would replace your tissue with mycelium, which is kind of like the white veining out flesh of fungus, you know? Yeah. So it literally like grows into you and eats your own tissue and replaces your tissue with the fungal tissue. Um, It's interesting because, as they say in the opening of The Last of Us, LSD is a fungus. Psychosyllabin, magic mushrooms, is also a fungus. Oh, yeah. And so we know that fungus has a really distinct and powerful effect on the mind of humans. But it also has an effect on the mind of these insects that it takes over. Um, so one spore can land on an insect and begin to infect the bug, causing it to behave strangely. And you kind of mentioned that it affects ants. Yeah, it does. And what it does in the case of these jungle ants, it will start making the ant hallucinate. I I actually don't know how the cordyceps work, how, how it controls the ants minds. Dude, this shit is so terrifying, but it forces the ants to leave their natural habitat and climb up um reeds of grass or other plants. And it always makes the ants go on average 25 centimeters above the ground. Okay. It's all the ants just naturally yeah. seek out 25 centimeters above the ground, uh, where there's a certain layer of heat and dampness. It's it's the perfect conditions for the for the fungus yeah. to grow. The fungus knows the perfect conditions for itself to grow and it forces the ant to take it there
1: uh can I just add this real quick not to meander yeah but people always talk about like oh you know like does alien life exist to me like stuff like this is alien like that of uh viruses like like to me maybe that's the kind of alien species that exists it's just like
0: how do these things just know to like recreate themselves like that when you look at fungi fungi Uh, it's neither plant nor animal exactly but it's something halfway in between yeah uh there's this great new documentary on netflix all about fungi and it it talks about kind of the weird properties that fungi have and uh you could argue that these things are intelligent oh yeah um it it talked about one of the things i saw is that it that trees can communicate with each other through a neural network Mm -hmm. of fungi uh, where they can actually divert like food and nutrition from one tree to another through these uh, fungal neural networks. This stuff is wild. That's what I'm saying. Like, people are always focused, like, what's in space? I'm like, there's crazy shit on Earth. <laughs> and, you know, fungus and spores can potentially travel through space as yeah, well. And, exactly. Like, land on a planet like Earth, you know, a little ball of water and start cultivating and all kinds of weird a shit are happening. A lot of people believe that humanity started from like. That like a you know a rogue amoeba on a fucking asteroid hitting Earth could be real yeah could be true uh so the ants will climb up to 25 centimeters and then they will clamp down with their mandible onto the grass or the plant yeah. in what is known as a death bite mm-hmm. and they will lock themselves into the plant holding it and then they'll die there yeah um uh but then the fungi will feed off of the corpse of the insect and it will grow to maturity and it will eventually start to fruit, uh, you know, grow out, it'll turn to a fruit and then it will release more spores to infect more ants. Um, and this fungus can wipe out entire colonies um, if it's not taken care of. So ants, when they see uh, another ant that's infected with a cordyceps, they will actually drag the corpse of that ant off of the tree. They'll release it from its dead bite and drag it far away from the colony because the ants even know that this thing is going to wipe them all out. We don't think of ants as being intelligent. Oh, they're so intelligent, yeah. But they will, uh, you know, they'll go full zombie mode uh, on these infected fellow ants. Uh, do you get into the viral marketing at all for The Last of Us in your no. research? No
1: uh before the game got released uh they just like naughty dog was like a new game is coming and then just showed footage from that bbc documentary of the ants and that was it oh really they're just like a new game's coming and just would show that footage
0: well check this out there are over 600 different types of cordyceps oh my god and each one of them is specific to one species of insect host there's 600 different types of cordyceps. There's one for this kind of ant. There's one for this kind of caterpillar. There's one for this kind of wasp. There's one for this kind of spider. And just think about that for every, just think of there's 600 different insect species out there and they each have their own specific type of cordyceps that mm. can do this to them. Yeah. So it's not that far of a stretch to imagine no, yeah. that there could be a cordyceps someday that is specific to humans. And that is the idea of The Last of Us. Um, Some scientists theorize that these cordyceps are, they serve this purpose in nature to ensure that no one bug species can overtake the other ones. That if a population starts to get too big, Mm -hmm. too crowded, these cordyceps will naturally swoop in there being attracted to these large populations and start wiping out these colonies. Uh, Maybe it could do it to a major city of humans who knows so that's how cordyceps work yeah and that is also uh the basis of the show the last of us this idea that maybe global warming will make these cordyceps evolve and the cordyceps will be able to survive in our human bodies which are much hotter and sexier Uh. than, than insect bodies and, and and then
1: the part that terrified me the most in the show is that they say that it infected the wheat supply. So people started eating it and then getting infected.
0: That's what they said in the show. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like they show us like they tell a scientist, they're like, it infected the wheat. And then they're like, What what do we do?
0: And she says, All we can do is pray. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could see that because uh, yeast is yeah. a fungus as well. Yeah. And um well, let me just hit you with the realness. Sure. Let me, let's just get real and let's get real terrifying for a second. Oh no. There is a real life fungus. Yes. That has in the last 10 years become known to scientists and it has evolved due to global warming uh, to start taking out humans. Yep. This is 100% true. I saw one scientist quote and he said, due to global warming, the planet Earth has essentially been turned into a Petri dish and that new forms of fungus are coming out and coming for us. This species of fungus is called Candida auris and it grows as a yeast, Mm -hmm. like you just said. It could infect the wheat. It is one of the few uh, genus of Candida which which causes candidiasis in humans candidiasis is when a fungus basically does what cordyceps do it starts uh, latching onto your flesh and just replacing it with some fungus some people uh show like their tongues being covered in like white yeast also a yeast infection is a form of uh, candidiasis yeah Often candidiasis is, a, is acquired in hospitals by patients with weakened immune systems. Um, but this kind of fungus, this new fungus, Candida auris, can cause something. It's an invasive form of this disease, this infection, which is known as fungemia. Uh, and that is when the fungus invades your bloodstream, your central nervous system and your internal organs. Just think about that. This white fuzzy stuff that's growing on your tongue, it's growing on your mouth, it's growing on your groin, it's in your blood system, it's affecting the nerves, it's going through your spine, it's growing into your internal organs. Oh, God. I, this is where it started getting really scary for me. Uh, and then as I went on researching, I was like, oh, my God, we're all going to die from this someday. In the in the future, this is how we're all gonna end up. I I watched. We're all gonna turn into fucking mold from the inside out.
1: I watched a news uh uh, article about this and it was like, it's here in San Diego, and I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and it said, don't worry, it only affects the elderly and the unwell. And I was like, that's what you said about COVID. And
0: uh, yeah, and also we're all gonna be elderly and unwell. Yeah, exactly. So I am worried. Yeah. The reason Candida auris has attracted widespread attention is because it has something called multi-drug resistance. Yeah. It's immune to many of the fungicides that exist to kill such infections. Mm. It's It's evolved. It's immune to it. Treatment is also complicated because this form of fungus is often easily misidentified. I bet. Here's where it came from. Uh, In 2009, this fungus, Candida auris, was first identified for the first time ever in the history of the planet inside the ear canal of a 70-year-old Japanese woman at the Tokyo Metropolitan Geriatric Hospital in Japan. Oh, my God. Imagine being that woman. Yeah. You're patient zero for this thing that's probably going to wipe out humanity someday. I don't my heart is racing right now. <laughs> uh, at the time, the fungus was not fatal, uh, but it was just—it yeah. was just bizarre. It's like you have this weird fungus growing in your ear. And imagine the doctors are like, "You're like, well, what is it, doctor? Because I can't hear anything because my ear's getting all stuffed up with this fungus growth." They're like, yeah. "We don't know what it is, and we, we, we're having trouble uh, killing it or giving you anything that can take care of it." Um. It was isolated, and they it, they really took note of it actually because of its presence. Despite this woman being given, um, you know, medication to cure it, she was given a fungicide, but it did not work. And so they established it as a new strain of uh, of fungus, which they called Candida auris. The first Three cases of disease-causing candida auris were reported two years later in South Korea. There were three cases. So at first you have this 70-year-old woman, and then that starts spreading. Uh But it's just a fungus. It's not making you sick. It's not killing you. It's just kind of like persistent. They, they They can't get rid of it with a cure or medication. But they're like, well, I mean... It sucks that this fungus is growing and we can't kill it, but uh, it's not really doing anything to people. Two years later, it starts causing fungemia. Like we already described, infecting the blood system, affecting the nervous system. Well, uh, all three cases had persistent fungemia, i.e., a bloodstream infection from those uh, South Korea, those three patients. Two of the patients died. From the complications, so uh-huh. two out of three of these, there were three patient zeros of the disease-causing version. Two of them died, uh, and notably, the fungus in all three of them was misidentified. So the doctors thought it was something else and prescribed drugs for it, and it wasn't what they thought it was. It was a new f- new breed of fungus. These first three cases identified the importance of accurate species identification and the timely application of the correct antifungal for the effective treatment of what came to be known as Candida auris. During, um, during that, that time, from 2009 to 2011, even though those first three patients were in South Korea, uh, the fungus spread at the same time to India. Uh, where 12 patients were discovered to be infected with it. So you can see how it's spreading, first in Japan, yeah. then South Korea. You know, one person in Japan, three people in South Korea, 12 people in India. And every time it was found in the same distinct setting hospitals, intensive care units, surgical, medical oncological, neonatal, pediatric wards. You know, places where they're doing surgery, places where they're giving birth. Um, Most of the people who were infected with this fungus had persistent uh, candidemia, which is the disease, and the mortality rate that was observed was very high. Do we know the symptoms of this? Because I'm sitting here like I have this. (laughs)
1: Like the whole time like I'm gonna die.
0: Uh I might have the symptoms in this story. Uh but that would be coming a little later. Okay. All of the people who had this fungus, all of them were misidentified. They all thought it was something else. It was only later when they would do a DNA sequencing analysis that they would discover, holy shit, this is a whole new a breed of fungus so oftentimes you have this thing and the doctors are like we know what you got and they're totally wrong and you don't know any better because they don't know any better because it's fucking brand new i
1: know this stuff has been getting so widespread i just hope that we can figure out
0: how to destroy it i don't know the indian researchers wrote in that in 2013 that they believed that candida auris was way more prevalent then the published reports probably indicated since most diagnostic laboratories do not have the proper identification resources to do a DNA sequence analysis. So their theory is like, this thing is probably infecting way more people than we know because it's extremely hard to identify. The fungus spread to other continents and eventually, and this is where it gets really scary, Uh a multi drug resistant strain was discovered in southeast asian countries in early 2016 so in only about 7 years this fungus became resistant it's among to, us. to treatment this fungus is among us and it's not going anywhere the first report of a candida auris outbreak in europe was october of 2016 in the royal brompton hospital which is a London cardiothoracic hospital. Um, I'm just remembering that I did read about some of these symptoms and I don't even want to talk about, like, it's fucking scary. I'm just thinking
1: about how we just ate in a place full of old people and I'm like, damn, all those old people probably were in hospitals recently and I am probably just got infected with the fucking cordyceps. I'm going to die. <laughs> Within a My year, brain is racing right
0: now. within a year of the European outbreak, one of the leading pandemic researchers in the world, a woman named Anne Schuchet, uh-huh. Schuchat, named Candida Auris a catastrophic threat to humanity. And that was back in 2017. In May of 2017, the CDC released a report that 77 cases of Candida auris had been discovered in the United States. And I'll repeat that fact. In May of 2017, there were 77 cases of this in the United States. And of these 77 cases, 69 of them, hey, died. We're from New York City. We're from New York and New Jersey. Oh, Yeah, your hometown. Yeah, well, I guess I I avoided it then. I could avoid that shit now. That was May of 2017. By August 2019, the cases in the United States had risen to 806 in just two years, more than 10 times as many cases. 388 reports from New York, 137 reports of the uh, fungus in New Jersey, 227 in Illinois, according to the CDC. In the United Kingdom, since it was first observed, the fungus has spread to more than 20 hospitals and has infected 200 people. As of April 2019, the CDC documented cases of Candida auris in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, China, Colombia, France, Germany, India, Iran, Israel, Japan, Kenya, Kuwait, Malaysia, Mexico, the Netherlands, Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Panama, Russia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, South Africa, South Korea, Spain, Switzerland, Taiwan, Thailand, the United Arab Emirates, the United Kingdom, the United States, and Venezuela. Sounds like a Marvel release. Marvel movie release. <laughs> way more infectious yeah, than a yeah. movie release. It's more global. Candida auris fungus is a multi-drug resistant fungal infection that spreads in hospitals and is extremely dead, deadly. It kills as many as one in three people yeah. who get it. One in three. That survival rate is it's bad. heinous, dude. If, if you and me and one other person got it, one of us is dying from it. From it. I, was always, I mean, I don't know
1: too much about this, but like, yeah, on the news they kept saying, you know, it, it takes out elderly people pretty easily. But like, so does the flu. I don't know. I'm just trying to stay positive.
0: <laughs> what studies suggest is that this is the beginning of fungi adapting to higher temperatures, as was described in the fucking show, The Last of Us. Fiction is becoming reality. Art life yeah. is imitating art.
1: Uh the second last of us got kind of fucked because it came out in 2020. Uh and I feel like if they ever make a third one it's going to also be like we're actually dealing with this Cordyceps
0: shit. It's like oh god. Scientists suggest that we are going to have more and more problems with this fungus and other fungi as the century goes on and global warming continues to rise. Global warming will lead to the selection of fungal lineages that are more thermally tolerant. Literally, science is echoing what the last of us said was true. And check this out. Due to what happened in 2019, shortages of personal protective equipment, mm, PPE, yeah. forced medical personnel, personnel to reuse gowns and reuse masks during the pandemic, which uh, exempt, uh, which contributed exponentially to the f- spread of the fungus.
1: Yeah. Are you loving this? I'm so, I'm so upset right now. I'll never step foot in a hospital again,
0: <laughs> unless I have to. It gets worse. It gets worse. Two years ago, yeah. in 2021, uh-huh. the CDC here in America identified for the first time ever Strains of Candida auris that were immune to all existing medications used to treat fungal infections. I've heard
1: about this. Yeah.
0: It's immune to all existing medications, which means in the battle against this fungus, we're fucking losing. We have no, we have no defense we have no resources yeah. we're gonna have to go out there and invent new kinds of medication and the medication itself is is like penicillin mm. is itself a fungus and so we're gonna have to like we need to research some shit and this is where I want to pause and just say like we need to fucking take science seriously I'm I'm tired of this anti-science bullshit yeah. I'm tired of all these people out here being like Psh, these scientists they're paid by big pharma <laughs> They don't know what they're talking about. They're bought and paid for global warming. Isn't real. Uh, God made this planet. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Uh, That bullshit has to end now because we're already losing the battle. We're already losing the battle. And unless we get everybody on board, humanity is going to be fucking gone in a hundred years.
1: I think it'll be a little easier than with, you know, vaccine stuff just because visually you can see this happen. As yeah. opposed to, you know, the other thing. Uh, but my heart did just sink because I'm allergic to penicillin. And uh,
0: so. Uh, so you can't even have yeah. antifungal medication, probably. Yeah. So what good, makes me sad before I continue with uh, the rest of this story is like we are still. Listen, I'm 37 years old currently as, as of the filming of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm middle-aged, but I'm still pretty young. Yeah. But we're still in the early stages of this. Yeah. And this thing has been around for 14 years. I'm older than this fungus is. I'm older than this fungus. I'm more than twice as old. I've been on this planet. Same. Twice as long as this fungus. Yeah. And this fungus has evolved so quickly. It's going to kick our ass In the past 14 years, it's already resistant to all medication. 50 years from now when i'm 87 where is this fungus going to be it's going to be your brain. it's going to be even more powerful yeah. i mean this thing is evolving at such an incredible rate right this is why i get worried because they're like ah uh, it only affects old people and people with weak immune systems yeah but 14 years ago it didn't affect anybody yeah and then 2 years after it was first discovered it started killing people i'm not trusting any of that shit post covid i don't trust any of that Like, what? whenever they say it's not that bad, it's always that bad. Well, we need to to trust science, but we also need to get real about the reality of the situation. Yeah, I hate when people are like, oh, don't be alarmist. It's like, no, I can see the writing on the wall. I'm not trying to be alarmist. I'm trying to uh, wake up the people who are snoozing on what is really going on out there in this world. They're like, no, it's all great, dude. I'm looking forward to spring break. You know, I'm not caring about anything. I think I'm going to try to uh, be a banker. I think I'm going to try to make billion dollars and just uh, not give a shit about anything. And it's like the world is two seconds away from
1: midnight. The world is a vampire set to drain.
0: Yes. Thank you, Billy Corgan. (laughs) Uh, Researchers have recently published a report that has been tracking the spread of Candida auris from 2019 to 2021, and they've revealed that the fungus was present in over half of American states. It's in San Diego. I know that. From 2019 to 2021, that's two years. It's spread to half this country. Where are we going to be in 2024? Where are we going to be in 2025? It's probably going to be in every state in America. That's why I don't, I don't tr- these, trust these
1: news anchors. Like, It's not going to be a COVID-19 situation. It's like, yeah, it is.
0: Antimicrobial resistance, in general, is an increasingly common phenomenon, mm-hmm. which means our uh, our penicillin, our medicine to fight uh, fungal infections, are becoming weaker and less effective yes. as time goes on. We're running out of effective medicine; it's losing its power. This makes me sad because when you look at all of human history. Penicillin was not discovered that long ago, I mean, less than 100 years ago, and it's already no longer effective, which means we had this like great golden age of medicine for just a short window on this planet, yeah. and it's already closing. And we're going to go back to like medieval plague times pretty soon. Where, oh, yeah. we're, we're, just, we're just going to be like, "Hey, what, what do we do? I, I, guess, I guess we all die from this disease. Yeah. there's nothing, nothing to do about it. In 2010, 2 million people were reported to have contracted resistant infections in the United States in 2010, 13 years ago. 2 million people, 13 years ago. And back then, 23,000 of them died. More recent estimates from researchers at Washington University School of Medicine put the United States death toll At 162,000 people have died from blood fungus. Blungus. Blungus. Worldwide fatalities from resistant infections are estimated to be 700,000 per year. We're already at an alarming number. 700,000 people per year. Uh, Candida auris is, yes, one of the many microbial contributors to this global antimicrobial-resistant uh, estimation. And as of 2023, as of right now, there is no vaccine against Candida auris. Nope. That's today's story, everybody. So,
1: you know... Make sure you go out and have a good time while you can.
0: I wish I had uh, a lighter note to end on. <laughs> but that's it. Like uh the last of us is happening. It's it's happening and I don't think people are really aware yeah of uh of the spread of this fungus and really? apparently it's here in San Diego 100%. and it's it's probably in a hospital near you. Uh so that's terrifying. How are you feeling right now? I'm
1: going to pop my sunglasses on and try to act cool.
0: Yeah, while well, you still can. Yeah. Um, I've seen reports of this. The reason why I got into this story was I was just seeing reports of it on the news. And everybody was like, new fungus is spreading over America and the world due to global warming. Does this sound like a plot point from The Last of Us? It's not. It's real. But like you said... People are like, don't worry, because if you have a healthy immune system, it's not going to affect you. But just reading and doing research about this, it's like, yeah, it's not going to affect us for how long. I just feel like we're at this tipping point right now where (sighs) 700,000 people dying a year. That sounds like it's affecting us. That Uh, sounds like it is affecting us. This is the episode
1: where I'm going to hope someone in the comments is like a a fucking a uh, fungal expert and can uh, help calm me down on this. <laughs> so, hey,
0: if you have some sort of uh, consoling words for yeah, Johnny,
1: please, please, please leave them Leave
0: the them in the comments below. If you think global warming is bullshit, leave your arguments in the comment below. But yeah. uh, the planet, I mean, we've been t- told for years, like, hey, global warming uh, is a big problem. People are like, eh, I'll just turn my AC up but I feel like there's all of these, you know, this ripple effect of, yeah. of things you can't anticipate as, as the just situation kind of like branches out. It's a butterfly effect. Yeah. It spreads. And there's all of these things we would never consider that are going to change and be devastating to us. Evolution. We, yeah. We couldn't even fathom how bad it is. And I, I just, I wish we weren't in this situation. I'll be honest with you. I yeah. wish, I wish we didn't have to deal with this, but we do have to deal with yep. it or else it's going to deal with us. Um, yeah. Did we win any awards from the Parapod Festival?
1: No. <laughs> okay. Well, <never laughs> now mind.
0: that you ask, I wasn't going to bring this up, but the Parapod Festival <laughs> that we were nominated for, by the way, it's awesome just to be nominated. Yeah. Just to recap, yeah. we were nominated for Best Podcast of the Year, Best Host of the Year, Best Ghost Podcast of the Year. Uh-huh. And I think another one.
1: Yeah. That I UFO, I
0: think. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. We, we, we were nominated for that, but we didn't make it into the uh, finals. Okay. But I think we were finalists in four categories. Um, I do believe we were the most nominated podcast uh-huh. that did not win anything that night. It's rigged. Uh, it might be rigged. <laughs> but needless to say, it's just nice to be nominated. Yeah. I think it goes a long way to show that we were nominated across the board for so many things that this is a great podcast. I don't care if we didn't win an award. And also, yeah, me Mega64, my experience is, for whatever reason, we're cursed. We just don't win awards. People like to nominate us and recognize us like, yeah, pretty good. But awards are like a popularity contest. Yeah. It really is. Um, There was a a factor in the nominations was how many fans voted for you. But ultimately, there were judges who decided who the final awards would go to and crushed it. And they were like, no, the winners were all people who attended the festival. I was going to say, and spoke at the festival. Yeah. And maybe if we would have gone there and shown face and like made friends and rubbed elbows, it would have helped our chances of winning the award. But I wanted to win the award just on the merit of our show. And also nobody from the festival reached out to us. uh, And, I didn't really know who to reach out to to them to go to the festival.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh apparently you had to buy tickets and I'm I'm not going to buy a ticket unless
0: I know I'm winning. I think it would have been cool if if the, they gave us a free ticket cuz yeah. then I would have gone, but yeah. you know, I am just a cheapskate. So, no hard feelings. No hard it's an feelings. honor uh to be mentioned. We were actually mentioned in Deadline. Oh. Uh the Hollywood like news. What? Uh, yeah. As a no- as a nominee for the festival, that's cool. Deadline did a write up, and so we were in there, you know, for everything we were nominated for. So the word is spreading about how great Mega Strange is. Hell yeah! And hello to our new viewers and listeners. If you've come because of our nomination in the Parapod Festivals, we're happy to have you here. I did see the the awards, and I was like, damn, I want one of those. It I wanted like one a- of those awards too. It's it-, it. It would be nice to win an award. Yeah. You know what? I don't do this for the awards. I do. I do it for you. I do it for the viewers. You guys who come in here week in and week out, who love our show and support us, you're the best award of all. And so we thank you for being here. And this is the conclusion of our show. Hey, hit the subscribe button uh, if you can. It really helps us out. And share this episode with somebody who doesn't believe that the world is screwed. And teach them something. If you think there's somebody out there who would like this episode or any episode, feel free to share it with them. Follow us on social media at Mega Strange Podcast on Instagram or Mega Strange 666 yes. on Twitter. You can also follow our individual uh, accounts. Derek Acosta only on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Catboy underscore Slim. I got my Twitter back.
1: I'm uh, at Johnny 13 again. So shouts out.
0: Yeah. you're going to delete the new Twitter you started. correct?
1: Oh yeah. I made it private. That's my shit talking Twitter now.
0: Oh, nice. I have to be sure
1: to follow you on that.
0: Evil, evil Johnny Weiss now. Well, maybe you can follow that as well. Thank you everybody for joining us. We'll be back uh, next week with another more upbeat episode (laughs) of mega strange. The next one's going to make you smile because this one probably made you cry. Have a nice week. We'll see you next time. Stay strange, everybody.